We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings in the Prophet, peace be upon him. Continuing in the 24th session of our Kandalvi uh, exploration, we are on page uh, 87. Are you okay? Of, oh, sorry, page 87 of the, of, the, of the text, and it's a section, The Sawuf Creates Love for the Sunnah. The self creates love for the Sunnah. <clears throat> Sheikh Gangohi also said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unveiled the path of the Sunnah to them. He said, One of the blessings of the Sunnah is that Shaytan has little opportunity to deviate those who adhere to the Sunnah. It is understood that if a person is strict upon the things the Blessed Prophet emphasized through his life, for example, the congregational salah, uh, the obligatory acts, necessary acts, wajibat and the emphasized uh, sunnahs, shaitan cannot inject arrogance in his heart. Such a person will neither begin to exalt himself and think himself think of himself a high fr- a friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor will he think other uh, nor will others think he is a great he is great and exalted. But if one becomes steadfast on the practices which the Blessed Prophet performed occasionally, uh, for example pre noon salah duha and post uh, post sunrise salah ishraq or a voluntary salah after Maghrib, awabi, he then becomes arrogant and also and people also begin to think something of him. Okay, so let's take this this piece by piece. Mm-hmm. One of the blessings of Sunnah is that Shaitan uh, regime has little opportunity to deviate those who adhere to the Sunnah. Okay, so what are we saying? That um, uh, when we speak of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, uh, uh, a lot of times uh, we won't give as much attention to Muhammad Rasulullah. Uh, but uh, you know, one uh, 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 some people will say that, uh, that will bring up the point that even like Muhammad Rasulullah is so important that right after the name of Allah, you have Muhammad La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, right? Yeah. And then <clears throat> what else is it? How do I practice La ilaha illallah? That's by the Sunnah of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is especially important because a lot of the, the modern reform type thinkers, uh, whether they admit it or not, they're actively or passively trying to disregard the Prophet, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. or minimize the Sunnah. So there are those who, who you know, try to speak that all religions are good, all religions are great. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, but <clears throat> uh, you can't make them interchangeable, and any strong follower of any of those re- religions would agree. Right? Any strong follower of Christianity will agree that you, know, you can't say Islam and Christianity are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Right? And just like any strong follower of Christi- uh, Islam would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? But, <clears throat> and so, so among the reformer types, there are those who say that, okay, they don't realize it, but they're basically saying these are all interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Okay? But then there are those who minimize the sunnah of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and then elevate the Prophet as uh, a miracle. Okay? Now, if you're a strong Muslim, you know, you will believe that the Prophet, peace be upon him, his being is miraculous. Mm-hmm. And him is a gift, that he is a gift to us from Allah Ta'ala, right? Um, but, uh, but then if I'm just elevating him and I'm ignoring his sunnah, then I'm not truly elevating him. I'm actually elevating myself. How? Because I'm saying my understanding of the Prophet, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. is greater than his own. Mm-hmm. Right? 
And, and so this, the sunnah is how to practice la ilaha illallah, and the sunnah is how to practice la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Okay. That's what it is. Now, keep in mind, when we're talking about sunnah here, uh, again, I always have to distinguish, when we speak of fiqh, sunnah is a category addressing a level of obligation. Mm-hmm. Fard wajib, sunnah nafl, mm-hmm. right? When we're speaking of sunnah in the general sense, we're saying everything that the Prophet, peace be upon him, did. So the Prophet, peace be upon him, prayed all the five prayers, and so in terms of level of obligation for us, that's fard, but the fact that he did is a sunnah. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people aren't going to understand it's a, uh, uh, that key point um, um, because sunnah is used in, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. So if you adhere to the sunnah, the more you adhere to the sunnah, the less opportunity shaitan has to make you deviate from the sunnah. Okay? Then it says, it, uh, it is understood that if a person is strict upon the things the Blessed Prophet wasallam emphasized throughout his life, like Salah uh, jamaa uh, uh, like the fara'id, like the wajibat, and the emphasized sunnah, shaitan cannot inject arrogance in his heart. Okay, And one key way, easy way to look at that is that if you are reaching the point that you're doing the nawafil, okay, it is harder and harder for shaitan to jump in. Mm-hmm. Okay, Now, the trick here is don't think that you are invincible from shaitan. Okay? Like a sentence like that can make it sound like you're invincible. Shaitan is still relentless. He's going to wait for, he's going to keep going on the attack, and he's going to wait for that opening, that, that, that small moment that you fall short to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a person will neither begin to exalt himself and think of himself a friend of Allah, nor will other th- others think he is great and exalted. So that's the person who, who uh, wait, this is a strange sentence. Such a person will neither begin to exalt himself Oh, and will think of himself a friend of Allah. Nor will others think he is great and exalted, meaning nor others will think that he is arrogant. Right? Yeah, some of this language is is kind of awkward. (laughs) But if one becomes steadfast on the practices which the Blessed Prophet performed occasionally, duha, ishraq, awabin, he then becomes arrogant and people also begin to think something of him. Why? If you're doing all uh, these other ones, okay, why would that person become arrogant? Mm-hmm. Now, what's okay? What's built into this is that uh, if you're doing these things but not doing the sunnas, okay, you become arrogant. Why? Because you're. It's almost as if you're doing it for yourself and not. Necessarily with the yeah, so the key thing here is, I mean, uh, always think of Islam as submission, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, it's submission, it's obedience, it's entering into peace. And the point is that um, if I'm doing uh, a nuffle and I'm skipping the sunnas, mm-hmm. then I'm doing things out of order, yeah. okay? Now... Um, uh, that person, if they ask me, should I do this? If uh, and if the choice is either you're gonna, you're, so you're skipping sunnah, mm-hmm. and now let you say you're doing salat al-duha, right? Uh, if they ask me, should I do this? If the, if that means if I say no, and that means they stop doing duha, mm-hmm. and they're still not doing sunnah, then I'm gonna tell them do salat al-duha, yeah. right? But the fact that they're asking me already means that there's some humility there, yeah. right? But the point is that. The challenge is to practice Islam as Allah Ta'ala prescribes it, which means I establish all the fard. Okay? 
uh, I establish more and more the sunnas. Okay. And so, but if I'm bypassing the sunnah to do, uh, to do something nafl, then I'm at risk of actually acting according to my nafs. Because the Salat al-Duha might just be two rakats. And I'm doing that, but I'm skipping, let's say, two rakats of Fajr. Right? Yeah. Then that means I'm more than likely listening to my nafs rather than submitting to Allah. Mm-hmm. And so you can be someone who looks like and feels like you are obeying Allah in so many different ways, when in fact you're actually obeying your nafs. Mm-hmm. And then your nafs will make you arrogant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, and then other people who are going to see you praying these prayers, they're going to think, "Mashallah, you're so pious." Yeah. yeah. And so that's the risk. Now, again, if it means if uh, if me praying Ishraq, for example, um, if I'm praying that consciously instead of these other sunnahs, that's a problem. But if I drop Ishraq and I'm still not praying those sunnahs, then I should probably pray Ishraq yeah. and keep praying to have more of the strength and motivation to do the sunnahs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> During the speech, Sheikh Gangohi also said the Blessed Prophet specified Ihsan as the sole objective of the Sabuf. While the Sufis take spiritual absorption uh, yeah. as its final objective. Note that Sheikh Thanwi. Oh, actually, sorry, let's look at that sentence yeah. too. The Blessed Prophet said Ihsan is the objective. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, but Sufis will, will take absorption. Okay? So, either this is a contradiction, right? Uh, either this is a contradiction saying, okay, uh, that Ihsan is the objective, uh, is what the Prophet is describing, Islam, Iman, Ihsan, or, uh, and, or I'm actually just trying to get completely absorbed. Okay? Either it means that the Sunnis are not doing the right thing, or it means as how the Sunnis are describing Ihsan. Okay? So to pray, Allah, pray to Allah as you see to Him, for that to happen means you're completely absorbed, you're completely separated from this world, mm-hmm. even though you're physically present and working in this world. Mm-hmm. So I wish there was more commentary on uh, what was meant by this, but uh, let's continue. <clears throat> Note what Sheikh Tanwi writes in the, foot, in the footnote of Arwahi uh, Thalatha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imam Bukhari narrated in Kitab Tafsir from Ibn Abbas عن, that people were ashamed of exposing the area of the body which one is obligated to cover, the satr, even in private, and when going to their woman. At the time, at that time, the ayah was revealed. Beware when they cover up themselves with their clothes. He knows what they hide and what they don't, what they expose. Instead, mm-hmm. or instead, the Sufis um, are not ashamed. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, what's being referred to here when we're speaking about the Sufis, we're speaking about the ignorant Sufis. Mm-hmm. And what are they basically doing? They're going to excess. And um, and what they're thus doing is that they're overriding Allah Taala. They're overriding the Prophet peace be upon him. And their theory is that, okay, they're following the Prophet, peace be upon him, but they're actually overriding him. And in that way, they're not different than terrorists and such, who are trying to, in theory, follow Allah, but they're overriding Allah. Mm-hmm. You know? And this is another reason why the sunnah is very, very important. If you're submitting to Allah, then you're going to do things the way Allah has prescribed. Right? I mean, the very most common example is you find people who do community work who are horrible to their family. Young people who do community work, but they're horrible to their parents. Mm-hmm. Older people who do community work, and they're horrible to their family. And that's a contradiction. Right? So then you're overriding Allah to serve Allah, which means you're not serving Allah, you're serving yourself. Yeah. Uh, Would you say that also goes into, doing, into going into, like, 
irrational conservatism, conservatism. Yeah. You know, so irrational conservatism or excess liberalism, mm-hmm. right? Both of them are excesses, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, a lot of people will be like a pendulum. So they'll be very, very uh, hardcore, and then they'll soften up, and but then they start rejecting against their hardcore, and then they go swinging the other way. You see this a lot with converts. Some converts will get super active and conservative, and then they decide, okay, that's too much, and they get super uh, soft and super liberal. And then some don't come back from that, but mm-hmm. some then realize, no, no, this is too soft. And it's like a pendulum that slowly, slowly starts finding the middle. Yeah. Right? Um, but when it's a whole community doing this, then the way it actually plays out is the community becomes super conservative, and then their children or their grandchildren swing the other way. Yeah, right? And again, if you get too loose, then you run the risk of not coming back. Yeah. Right? And, but then, then the next generation pulls back a little bit in the other direction. You know? That's how the stuff... Uh, that's, uh, uh, and so even when I'm saying um, you, know, you follow the Sunnah according to the Sunnah, that's easier said than done. Right? And so that's why it's better to do it uh, with jama'ah, with others, right? Um, and ideally, if you have a teacher who can guide you, right? That's the best case scenario. You have teacher and multiple students that are working together, mm-hmm. right? That also means they're also competing with each other, too, because yeah, that's just innate into the human experience. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to be better, right? That makes all of you better, right? Um, okay, let's stop here. And then next time we'll do Sheikh Ahmad Surhindi, one of the big, big scholars of our history. All right. Any other last questions or thoughts? Um, actually, one. Yeah. Let's see. One, something real quick. Um, so, <clears throat> in the sentence where he says such a person, so the first page, where he says such a person will neither begin to exalt himself and will think of himself a friend of Allah. What is, does he mean, like, that he thinks of himself as a friend of Allah? Or? Uh, it's probably more that he thinks of Allah as his friend. So is that... Uh, or, or he, like, a, a friend of Allah, and if I'm understanding that sentence correctly, um, I meaning if you think of someone, if you think of yourself as a friend to someone, then you think of yourself as having these loving obligations to them, mm-hmm. right? And you hope that they're a friend to you, too. So you're not, it's not in the sense of, like, oh, uh, of, like, arrogance, so I think I'm a friend of Allah. I hope, I, I think that's what the sentence is not saying. Okay. Um, I, I mean, let's look at it again. Yeah. Let's read it in, in all kinds of other ways to see if we can make sense. Okay. Uh, where'd it go? Um, so it's page 87. Okay, such a person will neither begin to exalt himself, so either that's nor think of himself uh, uh, as a friend of Allah, or such a person will neither exalt himself, but will think of himself as a friend of Allah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nor will others think he is great and exalted. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the way I would rewrite it, and I could be wrong in terms of what the intent is, that, all right, if you're doing all of these, um, these acts, or these ibadahs, um, number one, you're not going to exalt yourself, okay? You will, you, will, uh, you will want to see Allah as your friend. Yeah. And a way to think of that, again, is that you're going to be devoted to Allah the way you'd be devoted to a friend. Mm-hmm. So it's more than duty, it's friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're hoping Allah will also uh, befriend you. Right. So it becomes like either are you looking for the status of friend of Allah or like you want to actually desire yeah. that relationship. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think a person should pray to become one of the, the awliya of Allah, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
um, and ask for Allah to make it easy. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to be one of the awliya of Allah, you're asking for a very difficult dunya. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and then, uh, and then those people will not, you know, think of you as arrogant, and they may not even exalt you. You don't really care, yeah. right? You care is your what you care about is your status with Allah. Okay. But if one becomes steadfast in the practices which the Blessed Prophet perform occasionally, yeah, this is this is still uh, this paragraph is still uh, I want to say um, vague. It's probably more clear in the Urdu. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll cut and paste this, see if I can send this to someone to, to translate, inshallah. Um, but I think the key point here, again, the key point that I'm uh, taking from this is <coughs> the more you follow the sunnah on the terms of the sunnah, mm -hmm. the more you will be on the straight path. The more you follow the sunnah on your own terms, meaning picking and choosing how, and thus you take things that are of lesser uh, obligation, lesser value, above things that are of, of higher value, mm -hmm. then you are going on the path of self-promotion, you know, the path of your nafs. And, but then I'm still putting the qualifier that if I'm going to do these other prayers, knowing that, okay, even if I don't do them, I'm still not, for whatever reason, doing sunnahs, you should still do those other prayers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then ask Allah Ta'ala to, to accept Any other questions or thoughts? Yeah. All right. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk wa akhirat da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.